We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Connick. Hope you're having a great victory Monday. Packers, uh, another win, 20-15 to over the Washington Redskins yesterday. Uh, we are breaking down the post-game action uh, from that victory at Lambeau. And joining me today is uh, it's another new one for me. I, the two, two, two days in a, in a row here. In this week, I've gotten to, to work with a new face, uh, to me at least, at the Pack-A-Day Podcast. It's another one of the, the good guys here. It's Mike Wendland. Mike, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. I cannot complain about 10-3. and 3. It's If you would have asked me if they had this record a year ago, I would have laughed in your face. But it's 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 a great time <laughs> to be a Packer fan right now. That's I'm, I'm really glad that you start off with that. Because I'm, like, I'm trying to talk my dad off of the ledge during the game. And, you know, I, I'm looking on Twitter about everyone just, ups, like, you know, complaining about this, 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 up and down. And granted, there there, there was a lot to be kind of uh, disappointed with. And I think, you know, LaFleur and everybody there, uh, you know, kind of knows that this isn't a fully functioning team, especially offensively. But it's really hard to look 10-3 and three in the face and say that, you're, you know, upset by it, or it's really hard to be th- th- cynical about, you know, a 10-3 and 3 start. It's... No, you're absolutely right. It's it's one of those things where I understand that there's a lot of things to work on. There's a lot of things that didn't go right. There's players mm-hmm. that didn't perform the way we expected. 
But the one thing that Al Davis got right, even throughout his entire life, whether you like him or not, was just win, baby. All that matters is the number in that win column. And now that we're in double digits, they're the number two seed in the NFC right now. If the season ended today and or uh, today and it started this coming weekend with the playoffs, they would have a bye week. I'll take that. Yes, yeah. they haven't played a complete game yet. Yes, they had some issues. Yes, they need to be more consistent. But at the end of the day, they're 10 and three. They've lost two games in the NFC. They are undefeated in the division right now. That's all I can ask for. Yeah, and and you know you can always go back and look and say certain things go a different way and the records change. And but it, it, we, if we're just gonna you know just deal in cliches here, you can only play the people that are in front of you. And, you know, yeah, like one bounce one way, and this could be a completely different team. But the fact of the matter is that we're coming off of we're, – we're coming into the stretch here where everyone thought the Packers would have to – would be, you know, in a absolute dogfight for not just their division but just to make, you know, even the playoffs at the beginning of the season, really. And uh, they come in here and – a, a ten and three to go into the last three games of the season. It's it's really hard to to uh, to turn your nose up at it. So looking at the game that we we got to see yesterday, and uh, again twenty to fifteen win for the Packers over the Redskins. Aaron Rodgers had uh, a fairly pedestrian day passing wise. Um, you know, in that offense, we talked. We will talk about some of the struggles with the offense, but eighteen of twenty eight. And uh, only 195 yards passing with one touchdown. Got sacked four times uh, yesterday. Uh, Mike, for me, the the biggest thing for me that I took away from this is the offensive line the last couple of weeks has not looked uh, as stellar as we saw, uh, especially early on in the season. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Brian Bulaga. I don't think you really can't think that he's a hundred percent right now, but Bakhtiari has not had the, the same kind of uh, he's not played up to the same standard that he's usually holding himself to. Um, and then in the middle there, you know, Billy Turner has obviously had some of his struggles and Jenkins is still a rookie playing at the level that he is, but still a rookie for me with this, all the struggles with the offense that, that have been going on this year, at this point in the season now, with the offense, I think that we saw against the Redskins, the the offensive line's the biggest concern for me moving forward. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. And you're right, Brian Bologna just stuff doesn't seem healthy right now. Like he, he he gutted out. He played very well against the Giants, and all the credit to him for that. He was great. But against Washington, he had problems with speed, and he got beat pretty cleanly by Ryan Anderson on that strip sack at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. He just seemed to just not be confident in his lower body. And especially when you factor in uh, Bakhtiari's penalty issues that he's had, not to, not on Sunday, but uh, on other throughout the season, he may have had to change his technique a little bit. He may have had to change the way he places his hands, how he uses his his footwork, and just all these little things kind of compounded, especially when you're playing a few teams in a row now that have had really good defensive fronts. We saw San Francisco's defensive front, which might be the best in football, and they absolutely dominated. The Giants are no slouches up front either. Washington's got some good guys with Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, uh, Ioannidis, Ryan Kerrigan when he was in there had a really strong game. And now you're getting ready for the Bears, who might have Akeem Hicks back. So this is the big test for the line going forward. But 
there was good and bad with it. And like you said, Elton Jenkins still a rookie, but he, I thought he had a pretty good game. He was a massive uh, benefit in the run game, especially. He was a big part of why Aaron Jones was as good as he was. And Corey Lindsley is as steady as ever. But there's definitely some things to be a little nervous about with the offensive line. And if and there's only so much that Rodgers and the receivers can do to get things forward. But even kind of building off that, something that excited me a ton with what the offense did was how they used the running backs and tight ends in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's getting a lot of flack already, and I saw some guy, and I got into a bait on Twitter about Jimmy Graham is, oh, he doesn't show energy or heart, stuff like that, but he was pretty fired up for those first couple drives, and he had those two big catches. And he's a guy where when he, he, he brings the energy, and yes, he's not yes he's a shell of what he was, but he was pretty, he was pretty important those first couple touchdown drives. Uh, Robert Tynion obviously had the touchdown catch. Jay Sternberger got some targets. Mercedes Lewis had a couple targets. It just the way they use their ancillary weapons, I think, was big. But they just need to find a way to keep that game plan going throughout the game. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up with Jimmy Graham because uh, he gets a lot of flack, and he's been he's especially this year been a, a big target for for Twitter and and I've had my my criticisms of the uh, of him as well on there, but. I don't think that's I don't think it's fair to ever question, especially a guy like Jimmy Graham, his want and his desire to be playing or you know work in this offense. I really think it's it is just a a, a skill deterioration. Like he's been playing at such a high level for so long, he can really only keep that up for you know however many years. It's gonna there's gonna be a decline eventually. We just happen to have him at the end of his you know at the end of his career. So yeah, I I agree. I, I think that there's it was it was really good to see him get involved very early on, and I mean with the with the running back situation too, a great afternoon from Aaron Jones again wasn't wasn't the same kind of one that we saw you know uh, video game numbers for like uh, the Cowboys game or uh, Kansas City, but still to to go to rush for 134 yards today with 16 carries and the touchdown as well had a couple of really nice just it's been it's been a while it feels like since we've seen that Aaron Jones uh break away into the second level for 35 25 yards he had had a 42 yarder today uh it, it was really good to see the the run game uh worked as well as it did and uh the carries it felt like distributed pretty evenly as they should be between him and jamal williams 16 to jamal williams seven carries uh and then aaron jones even led the uh the receiving core uh with six receptions 58 yards had a 25 yarder which tied for the longest of the day so i mean just Great, great to see Aaron Jones being featured in this offense again, which is what we were all looking for. And I think that's a step in the right direction. It's just now trying to make everything fit all together and working at the same time because still had trouble getting Devontae Adams open. There was a couple times where Rodgers clearly upset uh, with guys not being able to get open or not moving to the right uh, right spot, but to see guys like Robert Tunyon have a moment there as well, um, and then yeah, even like Jay Sternberger as well, like you said. So that, that that's the offensive production side of things. I think something to look at too is it seems like 
turnovers have become at least a thing to keep an eye on with this offense recently in the, in the, the fumbling side of things, because, you know, Aaron Rodgers does a great job of not forcing those bad passes, you know, not forcing any or many jump balls or, or you just really kind of keeping, keeping a, an eye on things there. But, uh, Geronimo Allison really got a huge break by being ruled down on his one reception and uh, it could have cost uh, a, another drive. Aaron Rodgers, like you mentioned, had the, the fumble as well. Um, you know, it's just, it seems like there's just always, there's always something new kind of cropping up. It, it feels like that the, the, the offense is trying to handle and, and deal with, I don't know. No, no, I'm glad you brought up the Allison play. Cause and he's another guy who's become a very popular punching bag through social media. Mm-hmm. And and while I agree that his snaps probably should get reduced a little bit, on that play where it was his only catch of the game, he actually had made some nice moves in the open field after he had gotten up, even though he ended up being ruled back down later. He made some nice open field plays, but then a great job by the defense to poke it out, and yes, he got lucky. But also, remember earlier in the drive was Aaron Jones' big 25-yarder where he barely got grazed. Where if he's if that grade doesn't happen, he's vaulting into the end zone for an 80 plus yard touchdown. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of those little things like we talk about in the beginning where something can go this way. It it's it's the it's the hindsight bias in, in ways. And with John Allison and with Jimmy Graham and a lot of these guys, there's a lot of hindsight bias going on and confirmation bias going on, whether we want to or not. And I I have those as well because I've been a defender of Jimmy Graham. I've been a defender of Kyler Fackrell ever since he was drafted. And luckily that justified me last year. But <laughs> with these guys, they're still professional. They're still the best of the best in professional football. They're still playing professional football. And and they can still make plays. And Geronimo was trying to make a play. He had some big plays against the Giants too. And it's one of those things where I'm not going to fault a guy for trying to make that extra effort. And yes, it didn't go his way and he got lucky coming it back. But it's one of those things where I'm not going to be – I'm not going to crucify a guy for making some good plays and having it end in the not, most not ideal way. It's not like he threw up a prayer for interception. It's not like he reached for the pylon and fumbled it out of the end zone. Washington's not a bad team. Yes, they're 3-10, and 10, but they, they had won two straight. They had just bolt-raised Carolina and got Ron Rivera fired. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a solid team with, with a pretty decent defense, so I'm not going to really go too hard on these guys against a team that is, that is, probably, is more talented than their record. Well, and I'm glad you hit that too because not only I, I agree, a, a talented roster. There, there is a lot of talent on both sides of the ball for the Redskins. And this is I, I talked, um, I, I talked with Steve earlier this week as we were kind of like looking ahead to storylines for for this game coming up. And I, I said this game almost scares me a little bit more than the Giants game, and it was because the Redskins have already fired Jay Gruden. The, this, the, the season's a wash at that point. You've got a rookie quarterback back there. At this point, you are just trying to uh, – you're, you're just trying to make plays. You're not playing for a postseason. You're not playing to save a coach's job. You're just going out there to try and put really good stuff on film for next year. And so if you're facing a team that has talent that hasn't been producing and now has nothing really to – to play for except pride and, you know, development for next year, that becomes a real dangerous combination. And I think we saw that a little bit, uh, a little bit today is 
we, we saw how dangerous this team can be if they are playing, um, you know, really inspired football. Um, Paging Mike McCarthy to Washington. <laughs> can you imagine? That's, that's really not the worst, uh, worst idea in the world is, uh, is, is Mike McCarthy. I really would, really would like to see Mike McCarthy get another gig if we can just sidetrack for a quick second. And I think he would fit in, uh, I think he would fit in well with what Washington has because Dwayne Haskins is a bit of a pro style quarterback. I think that that works really well under a Mike McCarthy system. There's plenty of good fits for McCarthy in the future, whether it's mm-hmm. Carolina, Washington, yep. Dallas could be a good fit. Cleveland could still be a decent fit. There's there's a lot of things good, and I think he'll be back next year, especially with the report that came out that he had hired a bunch of coaches to help himself scout and to figure out what his weaknesses were. But, again, that's kind of sidetracking. But you, right. kind, of, you kind of brought it up with Washington. Can we give some credit to Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, he, for real. He, how tough was he in that game? And, yeah, he had some rookie mistakes. The interception to Amos was definitely telegraphed and was not his best move, but sprained ankles are no joke. They, they're they brutally painful, especially in a position where you're getting hit in the legs a lot. And he gutted that out like a champ. He did a, he, he did a, a solid job, and and I can see why he was a first-round pick. And I think Washington maybe, if, maybe finally found another quarterback, maybe. But with Dan Snyder, you never know. Right. It's it's almost like have they found has Dan Snyder found another sacrificial lamb because it seems every time he has to draft a, a quarterback, he's going to run him into the ground. You hope that it's not that kind of situation because yeah, I I agree that th- there's you know there's always kind of like a fine line between being tough and being stupid. You know, like if like if you're really super injured and you're putting yourself out there just for you know, your own personal pride or your own personal gain and, and, and it's a detriment to the team, you know, that, that crosses into that line of, you know, a hubris or stupidity, but that wasn't what Dwayne Haskins. Right. <laughs> exactly. But that's not what, that's not what we saw from Dwayne Haskins today. We, what we saw from Dwayne Haskins today was a guy that very obviously wants to be an NFL quarterback wants to be a part of this team and I think you know there there was a a scene two or three weeks ago I forget who they were playing it might have been the Giants where there was that clip that NFL films grabbed of him on the sidelines going up to his you know offensive line and saying like what do you need from me like what what can I do to make this work what like what can I do and you know the feedback was really just he doesn't look like a leader because none of those guys in that that offensive line group looked like they really respected him or, or gave him, you know, the time of day when he was trying to talk to him about that. I think he really, I think he gained a lot of respect from, you know, a, a senior group in this Washington Redskins team, especially on that offensive line. It's going to be really hard to, to question his durability and his, and his want for this team. And really with the, even with the angle stat wise, he, finished pretty much on par with what Aaron Rodgers put up there. Just about the same amount of passing yards, still a touchdown. They both got, excuse me, they both got sacked four times, uh, same amount basically of attempts and completions. So he really had, you know, a similar passing game. The the great thing for him is he's got a tremendous running game as well. And, you know, I think something has to be said, at least, you know, if you want to disregard the, uh, the human side of the thing of uh, the situation for a little bit, but Adrian Peterson, just as a straight NFL player, 
it, it might be sacrilegious to give a, a former Viking this kind of praise, but to to hit the 14,000 career yard mark today with his 76 carries and the touchdown today, that's really impressive. Especially the, the, despite the, that he missed the better parts of two seasons. Yes, and, and it came on, came back from at least one fairly significant knee injury, uh, which he missed that time for, like you said. Yeah, to, to keep playing at the level he has, because it felt like a couple years ago when he joined up with the Redskins, it felt like it was just going to be kind of a pitiful swan song that just you know kind of fizzled out. But he's he's really had a career uh, rejuvenation with this Redskins team, and it, it really caused a lot of trouble. And uh, you know that that speaks to something too with this defense. It's kind of curious that they they still seem to have trouble stopping the run. I, I know that it was Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis who unfortunately left early with uh, with with that injury. But you know when he was in, had a couple of really nice runs, finished with 42 on just five carries. Um, but once once we saw Dwayne Haskins obviously struggling to move in the pocket and even just really move to hand the ball off. It's it's obvious that they're not going to be passing the ball much, but the Packers still had trouble trying to stop the run. And I think if we're looking at the defense as a whole, they did their job. They they created turnovers uh, and not just even create turnovers, but create opportunities for turnovers because there were several fumbles that uh, that just didn't go their way one or two times, but created the turnovers, held them when they needed to, and did what they had to defensively to win the game, which is all you can really ask for. At the same time, the other side of the coin had a really hard time stopping a running game when it was very obvious that was pretty much all the Redskins were going to do. And I think that that has to really still kind of sit in Mike Pettin's mind of, you know, when he's when he's looking at game planning for, you know, uh, you've got Dalvin Cook coming up in that Minnesota game. And then in the playoffs, you're going to meet these teams that can move the ball on the ground. There's there's a great deal of running backs in the NFC right now. That running game has to be kind of uh, the priority for this defense, it feels like. No, I think you're right. And one thing is a 4.3 yards total for Washington per carry. That includes uh, Geis' 8.4s. And Peterson averaged under 4 per carry. He went 20 for 76. It was a very workmanlike performance. Mm-hmm. So they 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 had, the thing is they had some chunk runs. They also had a lot of zero one yard plays, and this might have been the best game Kenny Clark's played this year. Uh, the defensive line I thought was very good. Uh, Lancaster was a solid performance as well, and 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 while the yards are a little bit disturbing, it was 121 rushing yards. Uh, a big thing another we were talking earlier about social, uh, Packer punching bags in social media. Blake Martinez, I thought, had a pretty good game, actually. Yeah. Uh, he had the 10 tackles, and he had two turnover plays wiped out. Uh, he had what looked like, at, at first, a forced fumble that was really ruled an incomplete incomplete pass. Incomplete pass later, in which Sims never had on the, on the ball. Later on, he had a blitz where he completely just clobbered Chris Thompson, who was trying to pick it up, and got, had an easy sack. But that was turned over, I think, for a penalty. I think took that one back. Mm-hmm. Which I remember that one, Clinton, but so he had a couple. All the talk was those can Martinez make those game-changing plays? Well, he almost did it twice, and they neither of them actually counted. So it's one of those things where, kind of just bad luck for him. But 
I thought the defense was pretty solid. The coverage, especially, I thought was really good. With, with yeah. without uh, it hurt. It kind of hurt without Kevin King because Sims had a pretty solid game receiving, and Tom Taylor backfield was was all right. But Terry McLaurin was not that big of a factor till late, and even then, he, it took him a basically one of the catches of the year to really make a make an impact on the game. But uh, Jair Alexander, I thought was really good. Savage and Amos were solid, and. And what more can be said about the, the the edge guys? All four of them, I thought, were really, really good in the game. Zadarius did what he does best, and that's just create some absolute havoc. Uh, Preston, mm-hmm. can't say he wasn't motivated to play his old team. He had a really good game. Fackrell uh, got there as well. And on the play where I think Fackrell and Clark shared a sack, if that's another half second, Gary is right there as well. Right. So I thought the, the linebacking core played pretty well. The front seven was pretty solid, and... If you're t- if you're gonna hold the team that has Adrian Peterson and Darius Geist to just over four yards of carry, I am okay with that. Yeah, I, I think I think you hit everything right on the head there. Um, it, it's I I think it goes I think all of this goes back to the main point that we opened up with with that this team obviously still has some issues to work out on both sides of the ball, but it's still a win and they're still competing at a level enough that they are going out and being able to grind out wins like this. You know, this could, this could be a heck of a lot worse. Like this could be, you know, uh, the Browns, you know, this could be the lions. You could be, you could be trying to figure this offense out and still be losing games, uh, you know, by one score or two scores. The Packers, for all of the miscues and the, you know, the lurching of the offense and the the issues on the defense as well, they're grinding out these wins, and that's really all that's important. And one thing I think we really have to touch on is probably, I don't know, can we, can we call him an early favorite for uh, Packer Hall of Fame or Packer Ring of Honor with Tyler, Tyler Irvin? Irvin? Yeah. Absolutely. Alan Rossum part two. <laughs> exactly. I mean, is we can I quote Aaron Rodgers and say, we've got a special teams? We've got a return man? Tyler Irvin, four four returns, fifty one yards, uh an average of twelve point eight uh returns at a long of eighteen. I I thought it was personally I I found the macabre humor in the I, it was like maybe three times in a row he had I, I think it was a return of like eight yards, twelve yards, and eighteen yards, and each time the announcer would say, "Well, that's the longest return this season." Well, now that's the longest return, and now that's the longest return. It's like you know when you play when you play Madden and you set a record and then you just keep breaking it, and it keeps telling you you're breaking the record over and over and over again. Tyler Irvin. It's it's funny that we're a 51 yard return game and 12 yards average is is something that we need to talk about. But just with the the pitifulness of this return game this year, this has to be truly a bright spot out of this whole entire game. Leslie, and to be fair, a, a just shy of 13 yard average is pretty good for a punt returner anyway. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they went from the worst punt return uh, team in history to no longer the worst punt return team in history over the course of one game <laughs> is always a very good thing. And it starts also, the blocking was solid. The blocking was good. Irvin made a couple guys miss. He showed great instincts with, with able to find a crease and cut back. 
and it, it was just everything worked well and all three of those those bigger returns really helped uh get the Packers good field position I think both of all three of them ended in Washington territory I think got to, so they had short fields but even beyond Irvin it's great to have J.K. Scott back as a good punter he had a really good game two punts inside the 20 average 40 yards a kick uh, Mason Crosby and and he went two for two and I do love the the my cause my cleats thing that they did this week in the NFL because I saw all the pictures of some of their spikes and Mason Crosby's really kind of hit me in particular because you saw on one, I think it was a picture of his wife, one was a picture of his sister-in-law, and it was for the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation. And so just seeing how personal this game probably was to him and to a lot of these other players, to see them perform well makes it even a little bit sweeter. Yeah, very much so. And yeah, again, the that that really did, the, if out of any of them, Mason Crosby's definitely hits home uh, you know, more than any, I feel like. Um, so Mike, as we kind of, uh, you know, wrap up here again, the Packers, a 20 to 15 win over the Redskins moved to 10 and three. We now move to that three game stretch of the season that everyone circled at the beginning of the year, finish off with three divisional games. The last home game is this week against, uh, against the bears. And then obviously Vikings and, and lions on the road. What are you looking for in the last three games of, the season overall obviously the divisional race is going to be up for grabs each and every week and as you kind of mentioned right now the Packers are sitting with a bye week at the number two seed is there anything in particular outside of those things that you're looking for uh as the team plays the last three games of the regular season well scoreboard watch is going to be a big thing for for not only Mm -hmm. the players but us as well uh and as we're recording this on on Sunday night uh, we're keeping. I'm keeping track of the Rams Seahawks game because if Seattle wins that, the Packers can clinch uh, this week if they beat the Bears. They can clinch a playoff spot. So there's that. But on the on the other side, I just want I just want consistency. Uh, the and as much as I've harangued people on social media and as as much as I've try I'm, I'm the optimist. The Packers do have issues to work out. They have things to work on and against a Bears team that they've already beat once and they're back at home now. The final home game of the year. This is a chance to really get a lot of those things hammered in because you you need Aaron Rodgers to be at his best. You need to figure out a way to balance Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham and Lazard and Jamal Williams and all these weapons that are that are there. The weapons are there. They just got to figure out how to use them properly. On the other side, this this could be the right. Just thing the just the thing the defense needs to get back on track is playing Mitchell Trubisky, who's had a couple solid games. He's still Mitchell Trubisky. Right. And they're still wanting for weapons in Chicago and their offensive line is still fairly weak. This is a chance to really make a statement again. And throughout for the next three games, those division games, not only is it going to be big for them to get things right, it's also big for tiebreakers. Uh, when you look at standings, when you look at scores and how seeding goes, there are three division games, there are three conference games, and there are three for some team's common opponents. So you need all of those in your favor to get that get try and get that bye week. And so there's a lot of things to really keep an eye on over the next few weeks. Yeah, I think right down the list you hit everything. I think that's important to be keeping an eye on. For me, yeah, I think the biggest thing has to be consistency, especially offensively. You know, because again, we saw this this offense is what we saw the first couple of weeks, where the scripted play part of the game, those first kind of twenty plays worked really well and they were stacking those plays and being successful and really making things move. But 
what I really want to see is I want to see this offense make a drive happen where not every play is successful. You know, I, I want to see a drive that happens not just because you're stacking a, a good first down run on top of, you know, the followed up with a second down pass and, and things like that. I want to see a really grind out offensive drive. I, I really just want to see Matt LaFleur take control and, and make this thing work because, like you said, the parts are all there. We've seen it all work, and and it's just about getting it to work consistently. And I think a lot of it has to do with Matt LaFleur and his comfortability calling these plays and making the decisions. And yeah, I, I think that uh, I think you I think you hit everything right there. And then with just especially with the Bears this week, it really be it kind of becomes a bigger game than it was a couple of weeks ago because of like you said how Mitchell Trubisky played the last couple of weeks. This this team, the Bears. A couple of weeks ago, you said could it almost could have been a scenario that they came in and it was sort of a rollover game for them. Uh, you know, if, th- if those other games go the other way, they're really not competing for anything. Mitchell Trubisky, you know, the narrative was still that he's, you know, he's not what they wanted. It was always, you know, looking at Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes being drafted behind him, and now like that narrative in the media is starting to, you know, be questioned as after we saw what happened on Thursday night. And this is a game that he could potentially use to make a statement. You've got to prevent that. And, uh, you know, now the bears, the bears even have a chance to make a run at the playoffs playing as well as they are and have an opportunity with the opponents that they play. So this game becomes a lot more important. Um, thank God it's at home and thank God you got the win at Chicago in that first week. Uh, otherwise, you know, the narrative changes a little bit, but yeah, just we'd really love to see a great consistent effort against a Bears team that I think you can use to make a statement going into that, uh, into that Minnesota game the following week. Um, Mike, any, any final thoughts or anything that, um, that we didn't touch on or, uh, any last words that you want to throw in there? I think the biggest thing is we're 10 and three. Enjoy it. <laughs> Damn right. It, it, it's. <laughs> Just remember the how bad we felt last year. We had just fired a coach. We were in the, the, the dismal season. Our quarterback was playing with a broken leg. It just everything was awful. But now we're a week away from potentially clinching a playoff spot. We're in double-digit wins. We we're everything's kind of clicking right now and and record-wise. So just enjoy it. These don't seasons like this don't happen very often. So that whether it's an ugly win, whether it's a pretty win, there's no style points at the end of the day. All that matters is how many games you've won, how many games you've lost. And when that number is 10 to 3, have some fun. That's exactly right. And it's a it's a victory Monday. It's the one thing that makes Mondays even palatable at this point. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy it, Packers fans. Um, and make sure you stick with us the rest of the week as we uh, get ready for that Bears game on Sunday. We'll have more episodes each and every day like we do every week. Make sure that you follow us. Uh, on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Um, make sure you subscribe, rate, review the podcast as well. It's always a huge help for us. Leave a, a positive review for us as well if you feel like it. Um, Mike and I are both on Twitter as well. I'm on there at DK all the way. Uh, Mike, where can the people find you on the Twitterverse? Uh, you can find me at Mike Wetlands, all one word. 
uh, it's just my name, so you can just search that up. You can or you can find where many of the packet people are. They follow me as well. You can find it through common followers, stuff like that, if you can't spell it. And then uh, I'm still working on some articles for Dairyland Express, some long-form like uh, Packers history type stuff and breaking down Badger uh, prospects for the draft, stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm mostly going to be on Twitter, so just find me on there. Perfect. Mike, uh, this was fun. I had, I had a blast breaking down this game with you. I'm glad that we got to do this for victory. would have been a little bit different if we had to <laughs> talk about a loss, but I'm going to follow your creed. Uh, enjoy it. Don't don't think about the bad stuff. Move forward and enjoy a ten and three, ten and three record. So it was it was a it was a good time, Mike. Absolutely, it's been a blast. So uh, let's do this again sometime. Yeah, I'll do it. We'll uh let's pencil. We'll we'll do lunch. We'll pencil it. My people get with you, and we'll figure out to we'll figure out a time to do this again. <laughs> right, sounds good. And maybe we'll bring Chris on sometime too. <laughs> there we go. All right, uh, Mike, have a good one, and the rest of you guys, uh, enjoy your victory Monday. And as always, go pack go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.